Well, welcome to Evolving Always Productions. This is season two, and I decided to pick an amazing guest to start off season two with. Her name is Marissa from The Main Hanger. She is a serial entrepreneur. She is doing the most, and she has five kids and a single mom now. Um, along with everything else that she's doing. Um, she's going to law school. Like I said, she's a serial entrepreneur. Need I say any more? This, this woman is, is doing it. She is doing things. She's going to share a little bit about, you know, how she got to where she is now in life. And um, I'm just really happy that we have Marissa on board. So hello, Marissa. How are you? Hi, I am good. I'm so excited to be on here. I'm so glad you asked me to be your first guest well it's my pleasure like I said you're definitely gonna be starting season two off great um I know that uh yeah like we were talking about you're a serial entrepreneur so that's one thing that keeps you extremely busy throughout the day um but you are going to school you know going to law school Yeah. yeah and And you're even getting your motorcycle license. Talk to us about that. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, I am studying to get my motorcycle license. It's something that I've always wanted to do. Um, So I have about 10 hours or so left. And um, yeah, then I will be a licensed motorcycle rider. (laughs) I don't have a bike yet but um, soon, someday. Okay, so what type of bikes are you looking into when that that moment comes? I definitely want a Harley. Um, I would like a white and pink Harley. (laughs) Of course, it has to be girly. Um, Probably not anything like huge, of course, um, because I'm only five, two, and um, it's really hard to um, control. Bikes are really heavy. I don't know if you've ever been on a motorcycle before. Yes, they or... are. Yeah, they yeah are so they're really it. heavy. Yeah. So balancing them and um, all of that. Um, but I'm really excited. I'm, but I have to take this course, you know, to be safe. And in Maine, you have to take a course to get your motorcycle license anyway. Um so yeah and i've been around bikes most of my life Um, my brother has a bike Um, my ex had a bike Um, so i have been on bikes and i like them Um, so but i've never driven one until now all right so and you know what you're gonna laugh um when i say this but for some reason i just did not think you were five two I was thinking you're like 5'8 or something like that. I don't oh my know gosh. why. I, that. I wish. <laughs> I wish. Isn't that funny when you have never met people in person and you find out how tall they are and you're like, I had no idea. Yes, I'm short. Yeah. My kids are all stuck. taller than me. <laughs> Except for Charlie. <laughs> feel super special right now because I, I really for some reason I don't know why I even thought that too that's the funny part about it I don't even know why I thought that but I just did so it yeah, could be well, because you know I tall. always wear I wear tall like high shoes to give myself a little bit of height um but uh-huh. yeah I'm short <laughs> I well, got I'm the short jeans so, uh, 
Uh, well, there's nothing wrong with that. It's, that's a cool gene to have. And um, I'm five ten, so you're you're like one inch shorter than what my mom was. My mom was five three. Oh wow! But you know, yeah. I was adopted, so yeah. Um, but yeah, yeah, that's so funny. All right, and so basically, um, and you're gonna get a Harley, and and you did you say what color you were thinking about getting? White and pink. <laughs> yeah, I can see that. That's that's gonna be and perfect. a white you're, you're... helmet. Uh-huh. And, um, a white and black motorcycle jacket. Yeah, I have it all planned out. <laughs> oh, it's going to be so awesome. And I can see you going yeah. to your office <laughs> in the near future. Yes. <laughs> like, yeah. And my Harley. <laughs> oh, exactly. So That's obviously funny. you you were a paralegal for like 16 years. So is that kind of why you decided to go ahead and, and become an attorney, which is, which is a smart move? Yeah, but when I was younger, I always wanted, for some reason, I know it sounds strange because who wants to be a paralegal when they're younger, but I really did. And I think it's because I had this friend um, and she was a friend of mine in middle school and her mom was a paralegal and I would go over to her house and, you know, they just seemed to have like this idyllic life. You know, they lived in a nice house and they just had things that I didn't have. Um, and for some reason it just stuck to me that her mom was paralegal. And I was like, you know what? I want to be a paralegal when I grow up. And so I did, I became one. Um, and then while I was a paralegal, I just got really interested in the law and a lot of the attorneys I worked for, you know, I would write letters and briefs and, um, things like that. And they would always tell me, you know, you should really go all the way just go to law school and I was like no I don't have time my kids were young at this time so I had this is before Charlie was born I had four kids you know each like two and three years apart so I was so busy I couldn't imagine going to law school back then um and so everyone always said you know you should go all the way and I was like no I can't it's just too much work and then you know, a few years ago when I was really going through it, I was like, you know what, I can do this. Um, I can do anything. And so I was like, I'm going to do it. I'm, I was 43 when I started, when I went back for my undergrad. So yeah, I was like, I'm going to do it. I'm not too old. You're right. And so, and, and kudos to you, cause you're right. It's never too late. So getting to, let's talk about what got you into turning basically your life around. Share that story with us. Yeah. Um, well, I was, I didn't even realize that I needed to turn my life around until um, I hit my bottom. I was um, raised in a dysfunctional home Um which I didn't realize, obviously, I don't think anyone does until you're out of it um, and until you start to heal, if you start to heal. But um, I come from just generations of dysfunction and trauma. And so um, I moved out of, I graduated from high school when I was 17. And I always had said, as soon as I graduate from high school, I'm out of here. I wanted to get as far away from the dysfunction as I could. And so I did, I graduated from high school and like a week later I left. And um, I went straight from high school and that dysfunctional 
family dynamic and I met my ex-husband. So there was no gap. There was no time where I grew and learned about myself and healed. I went from one dysfunctional relationship right into another, which I didn't realize was dysfunctional because I thought that, you know, that's how relationships were. So I met my ex-husband and I got married when I was um, almost 20 years old. And then I had my, well, I had my oldest before I got married, about six months before I got married. So um, I was about 20 and I went on to have more children and um, I have five altogether. But I, I didn't realize how traumatic that relationship was and it had a big impact on who I am now um it was there was a lot of what started out as emotional abuse financial abuse um serial cheating um fathering children outside of the marriage that I didn't know about like just so much And I didn't even recognize it when I was in it. Um, And so this had been, we were married for 22 years and it really started to come to a head when I started to realize things. I was about 10 years into the marriage. Um, But I thought, you know, I could, I can fix this. I can change him. I can pray it better. I can you know, be more domesticated. I can, it was all about changing me in order to yeah, save so you were this relationship. Yeah. Yes. But there was really born. nothing wrong with you. Right. Yeah. It wasn't you that needed fixing. Okay. Right. And so, mm-hmm. um, about in 2015, I was diagnosed with cancer. Um, and a bl- rare blood disorder, which required me to have a stem cell transplant and chemotherapy. And I had to be away from my family for um, six weeks. And because I would have no immune system and I just couldn't risk getting sick. And it was really a grueling process that required me to be in a hospital. And so um, that was in Boston and I left. And I thought that that was just like the most trying time of my life and I thought oh my gosh I'm so grateful that I survived and I'm going to go back home and my husband has done such a great job of taking care of the children while I'm gone and the family and so this is like a turning point like it's going to bring us together and make everything better um, but when I got home like my entire world fell apart um, I found out that my ex-husband had started having a relationship with someone else. Um, one of the women that he fathered a children child with the entire time that I was having treatment. And that started the cycle of him being bouncing between her and I and being in and out. And still, I was still trying to change myself during that time. And he just became more abusive and it started getting physical and he started having substance abuse problems and I finally decided one night after a huge huge blowout um, where I decided that I had just been hit and assaulted for the last time um, 
that I went to that call the police. And that was the beginning of the end. And even then, I was sad and I was considered thinking that I can't do this, like I should take him back, I'm destroying my family. Um, even though I had done nothing wrong. And all this is going on while I'm still trying to heal from my treatment and dealing with the after effects of chemotherapy and my stem cell transplant, which are really still continue to this day. Um, and I just got to a really dark place because when I did that, his most of his family didn't want anything to do with me because they come he comes from a dysfunctional family too so for anybody to do that and leave their husband and they are also um very religious and, and so no matter what you don't do that you stick by um your husband um it's just very very cult-like almost and so I was disowned by the church I was disowned by his um, father and extended family and I was really alone I was alone with these children that I had to raise and at that time after Charlie was born I had left the workforce because I thought if I become more domesticated I'll be a stay-at-home mom and I'll have these elaborate dinners cooked when he gets home from work and when he worked because he never could keep a job and I would I would create this life that would make him want me. And it was just so crazy that I did that because now I could never even imagine dealing with that. Um, but anyway, uh, I had so no job. I want to touch on something. Yeah, I want to touch on something you were talking about. So like, it's so interesting to me how the church would disown you, yet in the Bible it clearly states that you can get a divorce if someone's being unfaithful if you're really oh. a christian and you're really following what the bible says that that isn't actually in the bible <laughs> yeah this so that, this really church it would take time to yeah. disown you like that that was crazy yeah mm. it was like you're supposed to forgive and i even went to the the church and the pastor we tried pastoral counseling and um it was all about you know well you know you need to love him more and he needs this and you have to forgive 70 times seven and you know it was just so they were just now, totally on his side even though mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. yeah yeah and it was like it was so such mm -hmm. a it was not like the church i belong to now oh my gosh it's like i can see what it really means to be a christian um and it just wasn't right that right. back then. Yeah, and and that that's that's so interesting, and and, and because they were just totally on his side, because I know they knew that he fathered a child outside of marriage. Mm -hmm. so yeah, they knew that's that something, it, and a lot for yeah, yeah. Mm. That's that's a lot to take in, and then the fact that you were doing everything that you could. Plus, working on healing yourself physically and mentally, because anytime you're really physically ill, and when I say physical, we're not talking about colds or, you know, a little flu or something. We're talking something as major as cancer, because cancer is life or death. Anytime you have a serious illness like that, or, you know, a serious injury or what have you, 
it's not only about you know what's going on physically it's also there's a lot of mental things going on as well and then yeah. you either have to go home and, and deal with this so so talk to us about the, the the rock rock bottom I think when I came home I didn't I had to go into survival mode so I didn't even think about my mental health I didn't think about my own health I thought about I have to take care of these children on my own and I don't have a job because I decided to stay home and I did not focus on me I focused on heating the house and paying the mortgage and raising the kids and I was homeschooling at the time back then too and so it was so much and I think that is what started me onto my rock bottom because I just wasn't thinking about myself I was still trying to get to save my marriage as crazy as that sounds even though I, I called the police and I had charges pressed on him and he went to jail I was still so afraid of being alone or so unsure of myself that I wanted to I second-guessed my decision and so um, I fell into like such a deep depression and I'm not talking about you know sad days um, days where you're feeling unmotivated I mean it took everything in me to face the day to wake up I did the bare minimum to keep my kids alive I would just wait I couldn't wait for the sun to go down so that I could just go back to bed and just fall apart I remember going in the bathroom and closing the door so many days I would just be in the bathroom with the shower on not even in the shower just on the floor just physically I was in so much pain mentally and I was so depressed that it was I could it could physically feel my heart breaking and my it was just a sadness a depression that I can't even describe um and I was in in life just seemed so trying and so miserable and I felt like I was just being a failure of a mother because I had broken my family up and I had made this decision that I didn't think I wasn't sure of and I honestly thought that my children would be better off without me and when you I love my children they are my entire world but sometimes when you are truly mentally ill and and depression is so deep that you feel like they would be better off because I was felt like I was just a horrible person and a horrible mother and so I tried to I tried to commit suicide um and I went to the hospital I didn't succeed thank god um but I went to the hospital yeah I was in a psych ward and that was the beginning of my healing I mean it was it was it was either that it was either work on yourself and survive or um, just continue on this path of I would end up like my mother was when I really realized that I could understand 
how my mother is the way that she is because if she, my father left our family when I was young too. And so if she had to deal with what I was dealing with, and she did because I can remember this, she never healed and she just continued to go down this horrible path and I was forever affected because of that and I was like I don't want this for my children I have to do what it takes to get my mental health in order and it was that that was harder than chemotherapy and my stem cell transplant and cancer so much harder than that if you can imagine and I Um, and I can believe that no, yeah, I can't. it was hard. The mind really is a hard thing to turn around. Yeah, mm-hmm. uh, and, and it's not something uh, that people said can see so much in everything. Like people can, when I That's was right. when I was recovering from cancer, people could see that I was bald. They could see that I was really thin and frail, and I had this port in my chest. Like they could see that you were ill, but when you're mentally ill, it's it, people can't see it and, and people don't understand it, and it's like, well, just snap out of it. Just you know, think positive, and it's just not that easy, you know. It's really mm-hmm. not. No. So yeah. And, and you're so right about that because people, even now, even though there is more of an awareness and, and mental um, health issues are talked about more, there is still even now a stigmatism against it. it mm-hmm. It's like, um, and like you said, because people can't physically see it they can't get it and and that's the way of so many things just like yeah. um climate change all of this stuff if people can't see it then it, it's like it doesn't exist to them mm-hmm. yeah. um but needless to say it's there and it's real and so many people do actually suffer from mental illness and some mm-hmm. like you said you know they like you, you used your mom as an example they don't do anything about it and it festers and they keep going downhill just like some people do with their physical well-being you know like some people don't they they have physical issues and they decide not to take care of them and they just keep going downhill as opposed yeah. to going the right direction same thing with mental illness that is so true i i can see all of that and this is why it's so important that wonderful people like you are taking time to share this story um so basically you and 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 i noticed that you said um you had to become a survivor but what i want everybody that's listening to this is it's not just about surviving you are thriving and that's the key because you know so many people in life just do enough to survive but really you should be doing everything to not only survive but to thrive which is what you're doing now so you you've gone through your treatment you realize i don't want to be this type of parent mm-hmm. kind of take us through your next steps of basically turning 180 because you basically did the 180 so yeah so it required me to well first it was when i got out of the hospital and i started to realize i needed to heal it it, it didn't get better right away i mean i still um like I had to go through the court process with the domestic violence charges and I had to go through um, the divorce process and that was and and, um, custody issues and things like that Um, and it was very trying and I I 
sought other things even during that time to try and make me feel better about myself. I tried dating. Um, I tried being more social. I I drank more than I usually would. And all of those things to try and make myself happier. And it wasn't until I finally went to my uh, primary care doctor and my therapist and I was like I need I think I need more than what we're doing and so I started cognitive behavioral therapy I started um, real intense counseling to address issues that go all the way back to when I was a child Um, and that's what helped that it, it helped me I basically had to learn how to parent myself I reparented myself I nurtured my inner child that was never nurtured and that caused so many problems for me in my adult life and you don't even realize it I had no idea how much that affected the decisions I made from choosing the the person I chose to marry um, for all the decisions that I made not loving myself because I never felt love. I never felt praise. We were never told when we did amazing things. Like my sister has her master's degree and she works for Pfizer and she does all these amazing things. And we were never, and I went to college and we were never told that we were good. Our parents didn't come to our graduations. Like there was just, or our mother, um, so we, I had to parent myself. I had to learn how to love myself. I'm never going to get the love and, and admiration of my mother that I want. And I had to learn to accept that and not seek it elsewhere, not seek it from my ex-husband, not seek it from relationships, not seek it from friends. It had to come from within me. And so that has been my work. That is how I have been healing myself. And once I started doing that, it was like a light bulb went off and I was just like, oh my gosh, you are amazing. You can do so many things. Like you can do anything that you want to do. And it changed the way I parent. It changed the way I see myself. It changed the way I think about my future. It just, it was really life-changing. So life-changing. And so I I decided to go to law school. I love the way you said. I love the way you said that you looked within yourself and that's so key because I think that's the problem with so many people that they look for acknowledgement from others and especially now more so than ever with social media. I think that's a lot of what goes on with social media. People put things out there because they need that gratification from others and what you said is so powerful. It's within yourself. You have to go dig deep in yourself and appreciate yourself and love yourself. That is so beautiful. Mm. I mean, you know, um, I was fortunate. I had a very bad um, background with my mom. I was adopted, but my mom had, um, she had mental issues. I I would dare say she's probably bipolar. I don't know if she was ever diagnosed that because, you know, my mom was actually, my mom was actually old enough to be my grandma, but she adopted me. And, uh, I just don't think that was something she she checked into, but she would just, one minute she's all happy and next minute it's like, 
you know, it's like, you know, this really aggressive anger just yeah. coming from nowhere. Um, yeah. She was really quick to um, be physical, um, all of these things. And um, I had to deal with that. And uh, you could not have a conversation with her um, because she had no respect for anything that comes out of a child's mouth. It's yeah. her way or a highway. And um, with, with that, you know, said, it's like, you know, whether uh, it made sense or not, what I said, it was like, you know, shut or, or, or her words were, shut up, don't say anything else, shut up. Try to say yeah. anything else, I'm knocked in the head. So I dealt with that um, as a kid um, coming up. But, you know, eventually me and my mother finally, you know, once we were both adults, you know, we came to a great place and we did become best friends before she passed. So That's I have awesome. that, but at the same time, really, yeah, and, and I'm glad for that. But mm -hmm. at the same time, something you said to me really resonated. You were talking about um, the things that happened to you in the past that really you hadn't healed from. Um, and I can relate because there's still things I think about in the past, even though me and my mom, like I said, we became really great friends um, and everything. It's because, and I think part of it is, I never even talked to her about those things. Yeah. For one, uh, you know, because it was in the past and I didn't want to do that to her anyway, because um, I do know she felt bad about um, the time that she just out of the blue, she got frustrated about my hair and cut my hair. <laughs> like I had like waves yeah. in there and she just cut it. This was when I was like five or six years old. So, That's traumatic. Um, and there's other stuff, but my point is, yeah, it really is. Because um, it's the way she did it. It was like, she did it very violently, like grab yeah. me, grab, grab my, you know, pigtails and just like oh. cut them. It was, it was very um, violent type behavior. Mm -hmm. But anyway, to make a long story short, um, you know, that's the parent that I did not want to be. And I'm glad you brought this up because what I want people that are listening to understand is that the things that you do to your child that are negative do have long lasting um, impact all the yeah. way until they're adults and there's and, and i know sometimes we're like well they're an adult they should know better they may not because mm -hmm. of the way you treated them growing up they may not so and this true. really can affect this there's why some people are in prison that's why mm -hmm. some people do commit suicide you know this that's why there's so many people that just really don't get ahead because they were not raised properly and so mm -hmm. as people are listening to this, I hope they they realize that one of the most important things they can do is to be a better parent. Um, because just because they're, you know, you have children, they are humans and the things that you do will have impact years and years down the road. Um, and I just wanted will, to mention that. It will also, so, something um, that I, I yeah. also just wanted to say, something that I also believe is that it's not only going to affect them, it's going to affect their children and then their children's children. Like this stuff goes all the way back to my grandmother, my great grandmother on both sides of my family. And so I always say like the generational curse or whatever you want to call it is stopping with me as much as I can help it. And that meant that I had to heal myself, but I also had to, and what my mother didn't do, she didn't heal herself, but she also never acknowledged the things that happened. So I had to acknowledge that I did cause my children some pain by some of the things that I did 
when I was, and, and, and yes, I was mentally ill, but I still had to acknowledge their pain. And I think that really helped them when I said, I know that the things that I did hurt you and I'm sorry. And I acknowledge when you tell me that you're suffering from this and you remember these things, I'm, I don't dismiss it. I don't say, oh, you're 24 years old now. You should be over it by now. No, I acknowledge their pain. I apologize. And that is so powerful because if someone had done that in my life, I think it would have really helped my healing process so much earlier. Um, so I just wanted to say that too. It's just acknowledging. I, I totally I totally agree with you, um, Marissa, because the times that my mom did acknowledge things that she did wrong, um, and there were moments that she did, it, it meant the world to me. Mm-hmm. And so I totally agree with you, and, and I totally have that, um, you know, I just have one son, but I have that relationship with him. And the other part of the relationship that I have with him, too, and I've stuck with this ever since he was little, is that he can tell me anything and I will not react in anger. And that's important yeah. because I, so I did not have that relationship with my mom to the point where I wouldn't tell her a lot of things because I know she could really go off the handle. And mm-hmm. so that's why I kept a lot of things in. So I didn't want my son to be like that because um, fortunately for my mom, I was the type of person that I, I was very strict on myself. So I I didn't get in trouble. I mean, I could have, but I did not. I was one of those people that I was very disciplined on my own, basically. But the reality is, if you don't have that type of relationship with your child and they do get in trouble, they do have issues, they're not going to want to come to you. And then these these tell them what happens from there. And so I have the relationship with my son that my son will, will come to me, just like there was a situation where technically he was he was kind of molested by another child his age mm-hmm. and basically um th- this child wanted to try something that they apparently had seen or heard and they kept pushing my son mm-hmm. and so like um it was an after school thing and when i picked him up i was like what's wrong and he ended up he immediately communicated with me about it so we wow. could address it Mm-hmm. And so, um, in your reaction, but, you, know, you, you probably and, helped right. him so much. Right. Yes, because I don't, you know, act in anger so he can tell me things, and that's really key. And I've always kept that with him because I'm like, I'm not going to do that. I want him to be able to communicate with me. And that's why, you know, sometimes he'll tell me stuff and then it's not true. And deep down, I'll know it because I can kind of tell. And then, but I'll give him a moment to come back to me. And usually, it comes back to me in two minutes. Actually, that's not true. I actually did, <laughs> you know, because he yeah. just knows. And that's the type yeah. of relationship we have. But yeah, yeah. yeah. So uh, everything that you said is huge. Um, because my mom was abused. My my mother was abused by her um, yeah. father. He was very violent when he got angry with them. He was a very violent person. He didn't communicate with them well. They had no idea what what sex was. His his thing was when she was going out on a date, he said, keep your dress down and your drawers up. You know, this mm. is like a very old fashioned way. That's yeah. Back in the day. And you and so you to the learn point, that. 
yeah, she was so scared. Right, and she didn't even go to the bathroom when she was on a date. But the one thing that she did different from him is she, I know that was crazy, right? So that one she knew was crazy. So for me, it was like, I think I was six or seven years old. She was telling me about sex. Because <laughs> that was one thing that she was like, that she did not yeah. want me to be like that. Yeah, it was crazy. Yeah. 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 Those are the things I remember. <laughs> and it's, it's crazy how um, you those things affect you and sometimes you don't even in remember until like there are things that I didn't remember until I was in therapy and having cognitive behavioral therapy and EM all kinds of um really deep deep treatments and things that come to the surface and all those things were in my subconscious and affecting the way that I lived and, and the relationships that I accepted and um it's just so it's it's your childhood is so powerful and so impactful and sometimes i wish i had known that earlier but i am i am doing it now and so um that's what matters you certainly are and your kids will remember everything you're doing because you're setting such children i don't know why i said kids i like children better but your children are going to remember everything um they're going to you're going to always be their shero <laughs> i like to call it shero <laughs> but no hero uh, because yeah. of everything that you turn around you, you beat all the odds and you're moving forward and then anytime that they have they'll be able to communicate with you when they have mental issues because reality is mental issues hits anyone at any time yeah. at any age yeah there's a lot, a lot of young kids that actually, well, again, let me say children, they're teenagers that, you know, mm -hmm. attempt to commit suicide, they're actually successful at, yeah. at committing suicide, especially in this day and time, because like I said, everybody's looking for that gratification from others. Social media mm -hmm. plays a big part of that. But, um, you know, your, yeah. kids, your children have you um, to, to look up to, and, that, and that's amazing. Um, yeah. It's, so I know, that's my, if I can just, if they can have what I didn't have as a child, and I don't mean material things, I just mean, um, you know, that emotional connection and relationship, and that's, mm -hmm. that, then I've done my job. You, you definitely, you're, you're, you're amazing. And you're also an amazing role model. Um, of course, you know, I met you through Clubhouse. Uh, yeah. which is a form of social media is where, where we actually talk and interact. And that's mm -hmm. how I found out what an amazing individual you are. And I'm very fortunate, very fortunate oh, to have met you. You're such an you. amazing individual. But not only am I fortunate, others are fortunate as well. Because, you know, to me, Clubhouse is a definitely a very meaningful place for people to mm -hmm. actually connect and build relationships really and it's more real than you know you're going on instagram or twitter or what have you mm -hmm. um so um and you're you're helping change lives being up there and, and you're sharing your story um but people definitely need to follow you on instagram as well you're the main hanger on instagram which i'll have the link attached to the okay. podcast but and i'll also attach your clubhouse link so you definitely should be following marissa and the rooms that she goes to um, I also want I oh, want to mention that um, my DMs are always open um, and I really mean that I know people say that all the time um, but really they really are um, I 
I am so open about personal things that have happened to me because I just really believe that it will help other people. And I've, I've, I have seen it help other people and I've heard it um, help people to make changes or um, deal with things that they need to deal with. And so my DMs are always open, whether it's just, you know, an ear or um, questions or anything. It's just something that I always try to put out there whenever I get a chance to speak about things. So. And I'm glad to do that because the reality is sometimes people really have a hard time talking or conversing about what's going on in their lives. And it's good to know that they have someone that they will feel comfortable discussing this with because mental illness, again, like we were talking about earlier, it does still have a stigmatism, unfortunately, um, in some people's minds, because like you said, it's not something that you can actually physically see. I mean, yeah. granted, that we can see the after effects of what mental illness is, like if someone does something violent, whether it's to themselves or someone else, or, you know, those type of things. But what we're talking about overall, a lot of times people don't read the signs. Um, yeah. I knew someone that committed suicide that I worked with. Um, I could not read any signs from her. She seemed like a very happy person, um, very pleasant. Yeah. Very, Sometimes you know, people suffer in with silence. Life and, Yes, I do. And so that point about you saying, you know, it's something that you can't see, that is true. And so definitely, you know, be that person that checks on people and, you know, talk with people. And, and sometimes the people that seem the have the most strength could be the ones that are struggling the most. And that's, that's something so that we need to keep in mind. Yeah, we need to keep that yeah. in mind. So where do you see yourself in five years, Marissa? In five years, I see myself, well, if I'm looking at my vision board, <laughs> um, mm -hmm. I see myself being an attorney. Um, right. I see myself being really heavily involved in um, social justice issues that mean a lot to me um, and my community. Um, I see myself traveling. Um, I see myself just continuing to expand my business um even though i am studying to be an attorney i love reselling um it's something that i'm really passionate about um and so i'd like to turn you know flipping clothes and shoes and things like that into flipping houses someday so yeah i have a lot of plans okay. a lot of goals surface so, mm -hmm. on location Um, so wherever you are now, I guess is a good spot. Can can I know you said that you definitely see yourself being an attorney. Can you hear me? Hold on. Did you just hold on a second. Can you hear me now? After that. Okay, can you hear me now? <laughs> okay. Um, Perfect. So yeah, in five <laughs> years, awesome. So, <laughs> great. In five years, I see myself being an attorney. Um, I see myself working on lots of social justice issues that I really care about. Um, 
I see myself continuing to grow my business, um, my reselling business, which I love. Um, I would like to eventually flip real estate. So expanding upon that, traveling, um, being surrounded by my children. Um, yeah, I just have a lot of goals that I plan to hit within the next five years. So it's going to be good. And continuing to spread oh, yeah, my you, message of yes, mental health. And you will. You, you're definitely amazing. You're doing as it is. I really appreciate you taking time to talk to me again. You, I just think you're very, uh, you're amazing, <laughs> amazing.com. Thank you. I, <laughs> but, um, I, you, I appreciate you. You are. I am going to of all your businesses connected on your Instagram, correct? So like they can click on yes. it. Is that correct? Yep. Yeah. There's okay. My, great. Um, all so I am going to stores um, and everything. Okay. So if you want to connect with Marissa, and I highly recommend you do, again, remember I'm going to have her Instagram link connected as well as her Clubhouse link. Um, and again, you remember she said that her DMs are open. So, you know, this is a wonderful person to connect with. Um, if you're someone thinking about getting into the uh, reselling business, again, she's a wonderful person to connect with as she has several stores and different e-commerce sites. Um, and I'm sure she has referral links for those sites as well. So, you know, feel I free do, yeah. to definitely, yeah, definitely connect with her on Instagram. I am very thankful to, to call Marissa a friend. Uh, she's a beautiful being, as I'm sure you have already gathered from listening to this podcast. Thank and you. And so, um, Marissa.